TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. We do welcome you to TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Thanks for joining us, folks. Beautiful, beautiful Monday here. Fine city of Chicago. Busy weekend. Sports and or otherwise. Hope you had a great weekend out there. It's the coach flying solo. Temporarily, we are hope to be joined by the big dog, Joel Radwanski, in the not-too-distant future on the other side of the glass. On the other side of the window pane. Or you could say the pane on the other side of the window. Our producer extraordinaire, Mr. David Olson, he'll be with us all week. We're with you the entire week uh, from 10 to 11 Central Time here on the TalkZone.com. Olympics over the weekend uh, debuted everything from opening ceremonies to some of the early medal events. We will certainly talk about that. Lots going on over the weekend, too. An NBA All-Star game, which I did not watch. I ran into a very difficult TDS, a taping decision situation. A TDS, you only got so much time, and the tape machine was doing weird things. So basically, without getting into the details, I had to make a selection between the NBA All-Star Game or the Olympic Games, and I went Olympic Games. Very tough decision. So anybody that watched the NBA All-Star Game, I mean, I read about it, I heard about it, but I didn't see it. If you want to uh, tell us some of the highlights, some of the cool things that happened, funny things that happened, I know not a lot of defense happened, that's for sure. 151 to 149, I got that score right? I mean, very seldom is defense played anyway, so that's no surprise. But uh, if you want to talk about the NBA game, you can paint the picture. Be the co-host here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show. You can be guy number two today. 888-463-6748. That is the phone number again, 888-463-6748. to 139, we got that score correct, two-point win. Two-point win for the East over the West. Wayne Wade named the MVP. Also over the weekend for the uh, gearheads out there, for the NASCAR fans, the Daytona 500. It still is odd that maybe the best event, maybe the number one event comes at the start of the NASCAR season. It's just a little bit weird, but that's the tradition in uh, in, in race car driving in NASCAR. And it did start over the weekend a little bit weird also in that uh, there was like an hour and a half Two-hour delay because of a pothole. All of a sudden, I thought it was the Chicago Highways 500 and not the Daytona 500, but close to a two-hour delay. And then Jamie McMurray pulls home the win in the Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt Jr. apparently with a great close. Ten laps left, and he uh, passed six or seven other cars, almost was able to catch Jamie McMurray. By the way, quick question, who is Jamie McMurray? Any of our race car fans out there, you can help me out with that one, too. I'm not familiar with the artwork of Jamie McMurray. Uh, I love Fred McMurray and my three sons. 888-463-6748. Daytona 500 is here and gone. We also had a PGA uh, tournament over the weekend. Dustin Johnson won the Pebble Beach Pro-Am second consecutive year. And we had some good college basketball, too. We got any hoop fans out there. The NBA All-Star game, it was showtime. But in college basketball, there were some good meat and potato games, some good quality ball games here in the Midwest. Yesterday, Ohio State 
knocking off our beloved Alina. That was not a great game, but certainly an impressive performance by Ohio State nationally, though. Some big games with Kentucky knocking off Tennessee, Duke over Maryland. And uh, another story we haven't mentioned much is the University of Connecticut women. And I don't know if today is the day to get into it because there's a lot to get to, but wow. Talk about a dominant team. 63 consecutive victories for the young ladies of Connecticut. 63 in a row. They're going after their record of four or five years ago where they won 70 in a row. Undefeated on the season. I think they were undefeated national champions last year. Gino Oriyumi? I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Oriyama. Oriyama? God bless you. I thought Oriyama was like a Chinese uh, artwork that you do, or is that? It's origami. Ah, origami. You're close enough. All right, well, Gino Origami, the outstanding coach of the University of Connecticut women's team, he's a pain in the ass, quite frankly, with an ego almost as big as uh, the great Tom Izzo of Michigan State, but somehow he can recruit and apparently he can coach, and anytime you win 63 wins in a row, I guess you can afford to have a pretty big ego, and they destroyed our uh, local DePaul team, I think, last week by about 30 points. So we got all that on the docket. College basketball, the Olympic Games, Daytona 500, NBA All-Star Game, busy, busy weekend. And, of course, off the sporting front, it was a Valentine's Day weekend. We're hoping to get the big dog on and uh, kind of preview what he did over the Valentine's weekend, at least the things we can talk about. It was also the Chicago Auto Show here at McCormick Place and the fine... City of Chicago, and last but not least, as we look ahead, not that I will be celebrating it, but I believe Lent begins on Wednesday. David Olson, I don't know what you're planning on giving up, but hopefully not our show. I'm a little worried. All right, well, yeah, I'm going to have to find something else then. because <laughs> That was first on your list, huh? Exactly. Thank you very much. And the big dog must have had quite a Valentine's Day because we're going straight to voicemail Uh-oh. with him. So he could still Uh-oh. be in recovery mode. The United Nations, the palatial estates out in Aurora is uh, not answering, huh? That's right. All right. Well, if we don't get it today, we'll get it tomorrow. But one way or another, we will find out. We will find out all that happened. Maybe not all that happened, but we'll find out a good part of what happened in the Valentine's weekend. But if you have any uh, horror stories or happy stories or anything in between on the Valentine's weekend, we'll certainly uh, bring that up as source of discussion to 888-463-6748. And how can we forget? A lot of people have school off today. A lot of people have work off today. There's no garbage pickup today. Government offices are closed. You won't hear from your tax guy today. It is President's Day, a happy President's Day to everybody out there. I know it's a special, special moment. I was planning on having a President's Day party tonight, but we decided to cancel in honor of the Olympics. A lot of kids off of school today. So we have to watch our programming because there could be some youngsters listening to the show today that don't normally listen. All right, so all that on the docket. Olympics is first and foremost. What did you think about the uh, opening ceremonies? A bit schmaltzy, possibly. Pretty cool pyrotechnics. Pretty cool light show. Pretty cool displays that they did. Some amazing things. A little bit over the top. And it was, as we predicted, I was waiting for some surprise. But it was indeed the great Wayne Gretzky who got to light the Olympic flame. Of course, they had a little bit of a glitch when they had, what, they had Gretzky out there and Stevie Nash and some of the other celebrities, and then they were waiting apparently for the flame to rise from the ground. And there was like four different barriers that were going to rise from the ground and form the torch that were going to light the flame. And there was the great lead-up to it, a nice build-up to it, and then all of a sudden they're waiting, and they're waiting. i got to give my credit, uh, credit to my wife who immediately picked up on the fact 
that they might be having technical difficulties. I didn't catch it at first. We're waiting a little bit. We're waiting a little bit, and then all of a sudden, Bob Costas, after about a 48-second delay, Bob Costas uh, says, you know, there might be a technical glitch here in the opening ceremonies, and in fact, there was. I think there was probably about three or four minutes of standing around. If you're Steve Nash, if you're Wayne Gretzky, waiting at that moment, it probably seemed like about two hours. But I think, what was it, three of the four barriers rose up? They still didn't get all four. Right? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like that. It was, no, seriously, I got I got tired of watching it. So yeah. I was watching something else, and then yeah. I, like, fast-forwarded it through the DVR. Yeah. And I just wanted to see who they actually brought out to light it. It, it got a little schmaltzy, didn't it? It got yeah. a little overproduced. Exactly. And then then what was the deal with Gretzky driving down the street in the SUV? Yes. I mean, going on for, like, 25 <laughs> minutes? Yeah. Well, basically, he lit the flame inside, but that wasn't the big flame. The big flame was like, where, 45 minutes away at some so, outdoor yeah, location? Like it seemed like, it seemed like yeah. an eternity away. Yeah, so and then they're, they're, they, and they got the little uh, car cam following Gretzky. It's like a parade down the street, people exactly, yelling. Exactly, and he's standing there in the rain, yeah. and, you know, he's trying to keep a smile on his face. Yeah, it was, it was, that was odd. Yeah, it, it was compelling television. <laughs> that's, why, that's why NBC is number four, right there. <laughs> Jay Leno enjoyed it. Conan and Brian didn't, but uh, it was an interesting concept. I'll tell you what, if we are looking for a candidate for our, maybe not the marathons or the sprints, but maybe like the 1,500-meter run, the guy that was running alongside the car with Gretzky, that guy was solid. I don't know if he was an official. I don't know if he was um, just, you know, a, I can't believe they would have let a fan, a regular bystander, some Yahoo race along the car. I'm not quite sure what he was, but great stride. Great form, the guy jogging along the car that had Gretzky. He was impressive. But uh, that was your opening ceremonies for you, all part of the Olympics kicking off the Winter Games. I did watch some of the action over the weekend, and uh, all it takes, all it takes, I think, is a little bit. You throw the fish hook out there, people, you got to just give it a chance. And I think it's kind of a slow bite. The Summer Olympics, if I could use the fishing analogy, boom, you bite in right away, boom. You yank the pole, and you got your hook, you reel in, and it's not too hard. The Winter Olympics, for most fans out there, you're kind of looking at it. You're, you're you're the fish. You're looking at the bait a little bit. You might nibble. You might nibble. You might, you know, bite in a little bit and get hooked. But I think if you allow the fishermen to reel you in just a bit, you will then be hook, lined, and sinker. Pardon the expression. Winter Olympics, awfully good stuff. All right, real quick, before we head to our first break, apparently we have touch base. With the man who survived three days of Valentine's weekend. He was looking for lost love on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What the heck? Today's President's Day. You could look for love on President's Day, too. It's my partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Dog, how are you? Hey, Coach. Fantastic. Dave Olson, fantastic. Uh, I, I couldn't be better, Coach. I'm just glad that I'm alive is the best way that I can start to show up. Is, 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 is that good enough for you? Did most people well, be the best day of my life, Coach? I, I actually mean it. I was going to say, are you saying that in an epithelial sense, or are you saying that because you had a life-threatening experience over the weekend? Well, well, lately, all of us have been, like, sneezing ridiculously in the house that I have. You know, I have, you know, five other people live here, and and uh, we haven't been feeling all that good. And then uh, yesterday, we woke up, like, breathing, uh, uh, what do you call it? You can see our breath. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the heck happened? I don't feel good, so our furnace won't work. It won't light. The pilot lights out. Call somebody over here. They get over here, and they're like, oh, uh just to let you know, uh, we can't. I can't turn this back on. Uh, you've been leaking carbon monoxide, uh, and and uh, 
your furnace is gone. It's got to go. So I don't have a furnace. So the, wow. we're getting that in right now. That's why I was a little late getting on the show because uh, I had to work out a deal by getting a furnace yesterday. Yeah, I'll tell you it, something. That is, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like it's thrown on you. It's one of the most important decisions you can possibly make. And if your furnace goes out in the middle of winter, I mean, seriously, you got to get it in here. So the deals that I've been making, Coach, unbelievable. The last 24 hours have been – so Valentine's Day was not spent cuddled up with uh, – uh, somebody, you know, half my size. It was, uh, it was basically <laughs> dealing with people three times my size, and I knew exactly what they had for dinner the night before. Oh my god! What, the, the, being in a utility closet with a three hundred and eighty pound dude that had chili yesterday. Oh my goodness! It wasn't a good way to spend Sunday afternoon trying to figure out how to replace this thing this morning, coach. You and the heating and air conditioning guy in a warm embrace and it had to be a warm embrace because all of you were freezing in the house wow. yeah it's, it's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable i don't know how this happened i had you know got to come up with a ridiculous amount of money luckily i do have roommates that help me out mm-hmm. okay but um it, it, you know it's, it's the, the decision you have to make so people if you're out here what's happening nowadays you get to a furnace the guy told me straight up he's like you know what for 1700 dollars i can replace it blah 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 He's like, but it won't be very efficient he's like and you won't be able to do this and but if you pay thirty five hundred dollars <laughs> It'll be energy efficient. Mm-hmm. They'll have a you know ten year warranty, ten year maintenance, and the Obama tax plan will give you uh, fifteen hundred dollars back if you buy this one. So I'm like, you know, it's like you have to spend the extra money, coach, or you know what I mean. And you almost have to because mm-hmm. no one I'm costing the same in the long run. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. man, thirty five hundred dollars nowadays isn't easy to come up with. So well, let me, let me backtrack you a second here, and certainly the lack of heating situation critical on a Valentine's weekend. The finances. To pay for a new furnace is uh, critical also, but you alluded to the fact that the uh, guy said first there was a carbon monoxide yeah. leak. That's even more significant. So, Coach, oh, no, I'm not complaining about the money. You're exactly right. I'm just happy to, to be, be alive. alive. Yes. So I want that to be you're exactly 100%. Let's not forget that. We, all of us, whenever we were talking, thinking about all, you know, I'm like, you know, I have to pay you back, blah, blah, blah. It's, the whole thing is we could have been dead. You know, so it's it just, it's as simple as that. So no matter, mm-hmm. this is actually a good thing in some weird way. I know it's bad and you got to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, finances, but it's better mm-hmm. than being dead. Yeah, so, that's certainly uh, better than the alternative. No question about it. Scary, scary thought. We had all these visions of you based on your Friday show of the romantic, uh, exciting Valentine's weekend. Looking forward to all the stories, at least the ones we could talk about here on the talkzone.com. But we have been relegated to carbon monoxide and the heating and air conditioning guy. Not yeah. exactly the romance we were looking for, Big Dog, and I'm sure not what you were looking for either. Oh, uh, not exactly, Coach. But uh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I got I, I live with some troopers, and all of us are in a little bit of an issue here. And every single person that I've talked to in my household, mm-hmm. we've been like alone. They're like, you know, I, I really I'd tough it out. It's February, but you know, you can't let your house freeze because then your pipes bust and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. they're like, maybe we can figure out next. Everybody in the house has mentioned that to me. They're like, I'll tough it up. Mm-hmm. This morning, when we all woke up, nobody had that thought in their mind any morning, anymore. You know, you go 24 hours in uh, in like 9-degree temperature of what it is out in Aurora, mm-hmm. your house will plummet without heat for that long. It's unbelievable how cold it was in this house. This morning, On a so. side political note, thank goodness for the Obama tax break. Well, yeah, because of this, it's an energy-efficient mm-hmm. uh, carrier, dual, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. supposedly, supposedly... This thing will cut our heating bill in half anyways. Mm-hmm. So if we stay here for two years, everything will be back. There you, uh, go. you know what I mean? We just have to be here for a while. There so. you go. So you'll have to vote for Barack Obama next time. 
By the way, at the uh, we had a little neighborhood progressive dinner, which I missed most of it. It's one of those deals where, you know, you do uh, a little Valentine's weekend tradition started back some neighbors about five years ago. One of these deals where you get about 20 couples and you go to somebody's house for appetizer, and then you all walk over, cutesy-cutesy, over to somebody then, else's house you, for dinner. And then you have to take your snow boots off and, yeah, and knock all the snow yeah. off in the 19 different homes. Yeah, exactly. And then you go over to somebody's house for dessert. Kind of a cute idea the first time around. The fifth time around, it's kind of old. My wife called me a fuddy-duddy. My endurance for social little talk or uh, uh, quick speak is not quite what it used to be. But I did make an appearance uh, later than normal. But at any rate, I'm sitting next to a guy who had had a couple of cocktails one of the neighbors who I don't know all that well, and I almost, almost got into fisticuffs in a political argument uh, as he was trashing just about everything that the Democrats have tried to do. A nice Valentine's dinner, and instead I'm arguing with my uh, neighbor on politics. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I haven't been too happy with the way this is what the fishes have made either. So well, luckily we won't go to fisticuffs, Coach. No, we what, might. We might. Uh, what people don't understand is, your wife called you a fuddy-duddy. And I, yes. like, and trust me, if, you, if you're on the street, if you're somebody from the street, that's like mm-hmm. calling somebody, like, you know, a, a punk-ass bitch. Well. That's how bad <laughs> fuddy-duddy is, though. I don't know if it's that bad. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad. But my tolerance for social interaction, like going to parties and yakety-yakety-yakety-yakety-yakety-yak, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's diminishing with age, along with a lot of other things that diminish. But it's just... Uh, my toleration for that kind of, you know, gibberish and talking. I don't, I don't mind visiting, but I can't last as long as I used to, if I could put it that way. Uh, I, I'm under, I understand, Coach. I only have so much endurance for any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, everyone talks about what an extrovert I am. Like when I go to parties, yeah. I find myself the closest place to the the, the alcohol tray, <laughs> sit there and just figure out who will walk over to me and talk to me because I am not about to go out and start. Oh, what do you do? Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Your kids, oh, what's your kid's name? Oh, yeah, I'll look at your picture. Wow. You know, I mean, you know, really. Great example for all the young kids listening to the show off school today, President's Day. You you go to a party with a few beverages, forget about socializing. You find a chair, you find a seat, or if you have to, stand as close to the cocktail beverage cart as you can. You drink up and you wait for someone to come talk to you. That's good advice for the young kids out there, big dog. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, really, that's the best way to do it. And uh, I have to admit, I go to a lot of these social events. And yeah. everyone's sort of like, you know, I'm like, wow, you said like you're having such a good time. And they'll say that to me. And they don't know like 30 times ago I was making fun of that exact person. And that's why I was laughing. You know, so I guess I'm the jerk at the party. All right. So. All right. Now that we've covered all of our Maladies over the weekend, can we get to some sports talk? We're going to take a quick break first. But well, did, did sporting events happen this weekend? They did indeed. Lots of Ooh. lots of the Olympic Games. On a scale of 1 to 10, real quick, Big Dog, how into it right now are you? It's, it's, it's awful difficult, Coach. Is all I got to say. Not very much into it right now whatsoever. Okay. You still, watching those Koreans wipe out was pretty funny, though. You still got 11 or 12 days to go. Lots more Koreans could wipe out in that time. All right, we'll take a quick break. Big Dog joining us here. David Olson, our producer, the coach with you. TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic. Our phone lines are open. Join us. Your thoughts. Everything from NBA All-Star Game to the Winter Olympics. 888-463-6748. Back in a minute.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. And we are back in the TalkZone.com. Olympic Games over the weekend. Opening ceremonies and big dog, uh, I guess first and foremost, I want to hear your perspective. Any of our listeners also, 888-463-6748. Lest we forget the uh, tragedy that happened, I believe, on Friday with the Georgian loser. Your thoughts on that, the danger of that event, and uh, were you able to catch the videos? I'm assuming you did. Well, unfortunately, I did see like the like the second and a half real quick clip of it. Yeah, I really wish I hadn't, Coach. And it's really disturbing. And it's too bad something like that happened. Immediately, everybody heard the story about how he had called his his father and his family that day and said, you know, I'm going to make you proud and all this other stuff. What had just come up this morning about this coach, and it's really, really eerie. And it's scary almost. Three days earlier, when he had uh, got there and actually done a couple practice runs. Mm-hmm. He called his dad and said, "There's a turn there that I'm really, really worried about." Interesting. I, didn't, I did he not hear that about. particular story. Yeah, it, that just came out today, uh-huh. and I mean, wow, wow, and uh, so I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I didn't ever ever hear any full analysis. It was not any human error. It was just. But there, well, also, in the story coming out today, I'm not saying that they're right, but the, according to ESPN. It was the fact that they're saying it was uh, driver error. They're mm-hmm. like the conditions were not too fast, uh-huh. and the the course isn't made to a point where people, you know, which I, I totally disagree with. Maybe the I'm not going to blame the course for being too fast, but if you have poles exposed over a turn, how yes. could that how could that not be negligent? Doesn't I'm seem not the course it, wasn't too fast. You know, and but they got the embankment to. there, but yeah, that just and not just one pole. I mean, there's barrier after barrier after barrier. It wouldn't seem that hard or that illogical to put pads on them. I don't even know if pads no, 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 would help. No. Well, though. pads aren't going to do anything. Yeah, you're right about the that. The guy hit it at 88 miles an hour, coach. Yep, yep. Pads aren't going to do anything. I just they might want to re- reconsider construction of all luge uh, things from now on or bobsled because mm-hmm. they're all the same things. The skeleton to not have poles after a turn. Okay, mm-hmm. that's they got to figure out a way to. There's pretty good engineers nowadays, coach. I'm sure they can figure <laughs> that out. Now, so, when you say human error, or the ESPN saying was human error, specifically, did they get into... I guess the, the guy just was too fast in the turn, didn't take it the right way, so when he came out of it, there was there was no chance of him okay. correcting. I thought maybe, I like, say, you know, he tried to sit up in the middle of the ride or something like that. Nothing like that. Yeah, no, yeah, they didn't get okay. in the tech. It just said that he did not, uh, he did not drive it properly. Uh-huh. He did not drive the sled properly through yeah. the turn, and that's why he crashed. Well, they showed uh, some of the luge competition last night. We were able to see uh, uh, mixed pairs figure skating. The finals are tonight. That was pretty cool. We were able to see some uh, distance speed skating. Pretty cool. But moguls, I want to get your thoughts on the moguls too. But they did show the luge last night, and boy, nobody crashed in the events I saw. But boy, I mean that is. It's part cool and it's part scary, but you got to be nuts to be an athlete in the luge. I mean, they are flying down that thing, and I can't quite figure out what technique there is. I mean, they push. There's there's like kind of a weird takeoff where they rock back and forth. Then they uh-huh. push almost like a wheelchair, you know, pushing, you know, like yeah. one push, two push, three push. And then they lie down, and I guess there's technique on which way you lean, but it seems like there's not that much technique into it, but a crazy sport. Well, Coach, when they lay down on the sled, they're feet first. And inside of their legs mm-hmm. are, uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but there's like these poles that come up. And 
and on the inside of their thigh, they can squeeze down on them. And that is attached to, that is the actual blade ah. that is on the sled. So that's how you can turn your sled. So it's, you have a lot more control of where you go than, mm-hmm. than you realize. Obviously, it's not like, you know, you know, perfect steering is you know what i mean but still, see i was not even more, aware of that so this yeah, is almost a lot like more steering than you might be it's not like you just go down a sudden go you can you can drive it you could make it uh-huh. go in a different direction interesting so, so it's almost like uh, crotch controls right right in the crotch and they can kind of lean left lean right and steer the uh the sled steer, yeah, steer so the if, you go into, if you go into yeah exactly you're driving with your crotch so if you go into uh-huh. certain turns too fast that's it's not like you just went down the hill and there was nothing you can do about it. So mm-hmm. you can slow down before you go into those turns. All right. Pretty cool, but uh, odd. I still, you know, as I'm watching it, I just kept wondering who invented the luge? Like, how did you actually make that? A German event? coach. Let's just be honest. It was a German dude. <laughs> I mean, really, who else would do something like that? <laughs> Are you taking a shot at our fine German listeners? As you know, the talkzone.com via the internet, big dog piping on the seven different continents and also parts of northern Germany as well. Well, luge, is that French? Is that a French word? We'll have to ask our uh, human thesaurus, uh, David Olson. Dave Olson, is, is luge a French word? I think that's a no, Coach. Well, no, no. He's let, me look, yeah, let, me, let me look into that. Okay. Because right. I know the so, luge originated in Switzerland. So. Uh-huh. Uh, that, it does make sense. You know, they have all the money, so they, mm-hmm. there's, they, you know, they they got nothing else to do. Let's go sledding all day, guys. You know, mm-hmm. so that's not a bad idea. And they got a bunch of hills in, in Switzerland. Well, oh, yeah, it was actually developed at, like, resorts. And that's how, like, the the, the uh, bellhops and everything would get around. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. They'd, they'd bring the bags up to the room uh-huh. and they sled down the hill. It was the 1860s. And somebody came up with the idea, hey, let's go 90 miles an hour and make it an Olympic event. Exactly. It just evolved from there. But, yeah, yeah. that's that's how it was developed. That doesn't surprise me, Dave. Like, uh... Believe it or not, pole vaulting, people, oh, that's a stupid sport. No, actually, that was a necessity because that's how people like in, uh, like in the Netherlands and stuff would cross rivers. They would just run, put a pole in the middle of the river and cross the, and cross the river. That's how they used to do it mm-hmm. back in the day. So, which which yeah, is okay for survival, but then all of a sudden it's a quantum leap to make it an Olympic event. But I happen to enjoy the pole vault, so thank goodness they did. All right. Now, other events that they will also I want to get your thoughts on the opening ceremonies. Big Dove, were you able to catch that uh, extravaganza that was part very, very good and part overly, uh, overly done? I, I'm trying to. Uh, the, my, my boys were over. We were taping. The, I forget what was on on Friday night. Were the Blackhawks playing or mm-hmm. something was going on on Friday night that we were watching? That uh, it, it was a sporting event. The Blackhawks weren't playing because that was. Uh, Maybe it was the Hawks. I don't know. But, yeah, we were we had, we had watched it. Cotty ran out and says, you got to watch it. So we watched the two and a half minutes of Wayne Gretzky standing there looking very uncomfortable, <laughs> which was hilarious. It was great television. It was, and actually. He, At first it was could. kind of boring. It's like, all right, let's get to it. Then when you realize it was a technical glitch in some sick way, it was kind of fun to watch some of the world's greatest athletes kind of squirm in their uh, silence. It, it, it was good, Coach. Yeah. I, I have to admit, it was pretty funny. So mm-hmm. it, it was one of the weird moments of awkward, uh, you know, something that was really awkward. That's a good way to put it. If you realize what was going on, it was mm-hmm. kind of funny. you got to figure out how they're <laughs> going to figure this stuff out. <laughs> oh, Steve Nash had a heck of a weekend, huh? What did you yeah. do for your Valentine's weekend? Oh, let's see. Uh, I was there for the opening of the Olympic ceremonies, one of the featured athletes, and then the next day I won the NBA Skills Challenge and competed in the NBA All-Star Game. Not yeah, that's bad, not bad. Not a bad weekend. A pretty good weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. There was a point in the All-Star game yesterday, he had eight assists and no points at that point. Well, that's Stevie Nash. That's what he does. 
Yeah, exactly. He did start getting – I know he's tallied a couple buckets after mm-hmm. that. But. All right. Now, I do want to get to the NBA All-Star game. I told our uh, fine, vast listening audience that I did not get to watch it. I had a decision to make last night. Whether to tape the Olympic Games, tape the NBA All-Star Game, was not able to watch both, so I did tape the Olympics, did not catch the NBA All-Star Game, so I do want to get into that. But just to finish the early Olympic thoughts, and again, any of our listeners out there, you want to check in on the Winter Olympic early stages of the Games, 888-463-6748, one of your favorite events last night, Big Dog. Unfortunately, you were uh, busy taking care of the heating and air conditioning guy, but it was the mixed pairs figure skating competition short Skate tonight is the long skate. I know you'll be watching tonight. Well, I, I really, to be honest with you, Coach, I don't like any of that stuff. I will admit, though, I did like the Russian girl in the electric blue. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, those one, that ne- had the, the one that had Will Ferrell as her partner. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Who was also wearing electric blue. Yeah, he did look so good in that, especially with the pouch belly. Uh-huh. But my goodness, Coach, I, I was like... <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, you know, I'm sexist. That's the only reason why I watch figure skating and uh-huh. get and get into it. Uh, you know, she wasn't very pretty, but my goodness. So I don't watch the pairs, coach. I really don't. I don't watch the men's. I don't watch mm-hmm. the dancing. I usually just watch the the women's uh, single, whatever mm-hmm. they call it, just right. the ladies championship. Yeah, which is coming up. Which is that's coming the last. Up. That's the climax. They're going to say up the rear. They're take it easy. They're going to save the best for last. No question about it. But tonight is the uh, long routine. What do they call it? The short. Short, short program, program and the long program. The long program yeah, tonight. Yeah. yeah, tonight's the long program and the final. I enjoy watching just to see if, um, you know, the, the it's athletic competition. It's tension. All the, you know, that's that's the weird thing about the Olympic no, no, there, Games. There's only one reason to watch figure skating if you're not a figure skater or a pervert coach. <laughs> what and is that, that? And that would be to listen to Dick Button rip on people. Oh. Four years of training in their Olympic dream walked on because he choked <laughs> at this moment. He'll regret it the rest of his life, and he should. I mean, uh, he says stuff like that. There's the, the three reasons. You're a pervert, you actually want to be a, a figure skater, or uh-huh. you just like people getting, like, there's no other reason to watch it. Besides those well, I hate to disappoint you, but at least as of uh, yesterday's pairs figure skating competition, Dick Button is now in the studio. Oh, it's, why? That's why coach. Huh? He was too good. He he's he was the best possibly analyst in the well, history of television sports. See, I would I'm dis- not kidding you. Yeah. See, I would disagree with. You. He always bothered me a little bit because I'm watching as a average fan, as as 95 percent of the people are watching, amazed by the skill and the beauty and in the situation of the pairs, the unison upon which they're skating, trying to enjoy this routine. And here's Dick Button say, oh, they, they had messed up here. And, oh, they messed up there. It's ruined their chances. I'm like, shut up already and let me enjoy the routine. They're doing a phenomenal job. They're incredibly talented. And all they're picking apart is one little thing here, one little thing there, and how it's ruining the routine. So I found him quite the opposite. I found I, him bothersome and a negative when I was trying to enjoy an exciting event. I just want to let you know something. As a human being, I find Dick Button despicable. And I don't like the guy. I would never invite him over for dinner. I don't even <laughs> want to have a conversation with you uh-huh. with him. But he was so venomous, and he was so vile, and it seemed like he really enjoyed, especially when the Russians <laughs> messed up. Yeah. That, uh, seriously, Coach, for some reason, I, I have to admit, but at least I admit it. At least I know where it's coming from. It, 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 it was, and considering how many figure skaters, let's be honest, are caddy, 
uh, a little pretentious. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny to, that we actually had somebody that acted the same way and treated these people that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I understand completely where you're getting at, <laughs> but I, I find I loathe the guy so much I enjoyed his uh, analysis. They got the antithesis of Dick Button doing the, at least as of day one, maybe for the uh, individuals they might switch up, I doubt it. But they got the antithesis of Dick Button as the commentator now, and that is the very affable Scott Hamilton. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you said his name because I didn't see it pop up and I couldn't mm-hmm. remember his name yeah. last night. And I kept saying Mark Silverman for some reason. Mark Silverman. Because he looks just like Mark Silverman of, uh, <laughs> of ESPN Radio, who you should not be listening to right now. Just I, I stay hope... here at com listening to two guys in a mic. I certainly hope so. Thank you very much. I don't, I'm not sure if Mark Silverman would appreciate that compliment either. But, uh yeah. All right. So we had Paris figure skating, long skate tonight. The uh, top teams are in place. No major upsets there. Did you catch, by the way? And we'll get to some other activities here. Try to wrap well, up the Winter Olympics. The All Star Game last night, so I doubt I caught whatever you're going to ask me if I caught. Okay. The, I was going to say, did you catch the moguls? Because uh, that, that... Uh, like a couple runs of that, I saw the. Uh, I had to check out because uh, there's this there's this one girl Aiko Yuro <laughs> from uh, Japan coach. Uh-huh. She's, she's she's a perfect ten. She's like one of the hottest uh, girls ever out of Japan, and she happens to uh, ski the moguls. Starting uh, to get the first, feeling. She didn't win it, though. So. Starting to get the feeling, Big Dog, you are interested in the Winter Olympics for all the wrong reasons. But I admit it, Coach. you got to understand, it's okay. You can be like this if you actually know well, that you know, like some idiots will, oh, I just like women's figure skating uh-huh. for the beauty and the elegance. No, no, at least I know why I like it. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure that puts you off the hook. Well, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your being forthright, but you're still being an obnoxious snob. That doesn't deny the fact. Okay, well, seriously, in the, in the sports that women are better at than men, mm-hmm. I root for their skill at it. You know what I mean? Like, if it's a pool game, I, you know what I mean? It's different. Women are just as good at pool as men are. You know, but you know, figure skating. I know, like, women can't, like, do, like, the jumps and men can't, so maybe I'm a little sexist in that, yes. so that's what, yeah. you know. All right, well, at least we come to admit it. But the moguls, now, there's another. We talked about the luge being out of it, the mogul, where you basically, uh, it's like bumps on the hill. So you take we, off, you go bump, but a bump, but a bump, but a bump, and then there's a jump and a land, and then a bump, and 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 a bump. It's amazing how these guys can keep their balance. Unbelievable strength in the calves and the thighs and the buttocks to, to be able to keep your balance. But it's a bump and a bump and a bump and a bump and a boom and a boom and a boom and a boom. And then another. Did you see any of this? And then you got to jump twice. And then, yeah, another jump where you got to do a twist. And then there's a real quick to the finish line. And then you are judged, I think, 25% on, no, 50% on your style points coming down, 25% on your jumping, and 25% on the speed. On your time, it's an odd event, very cool to watch, but another weird Winter Olympic event. Yeah, it, it is. It is weird, coach, and it's one of those Olympic events, just like figure skating, that drives me freaking crazy because there's judging in it, and you really don't get a true yes. champion. If you look at the scores debbied out between Eastern Bloc judges and Western judges, mm-hmm. the difference it's, it's so it's, it, it cracks me up. And you know what? I want to be honest with you. The American and Canadian uh, and, and British uh, judges, they always, you know, they, they have bias, too. There, there is bias, but it's hilarious how much more bias there is, like, from the Russian judge, the uh, Estonia judge. You know, it's, it's, it's cracks me up mm-hmm. when you watch that. So any time there's judging brought into any type of sport, yep. it, it ruins it for me. It really does, Coach. I don't know. It, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if it ruins it for me, but, but you're right. Guys like us that have been brought up, 
on baseball, basketball, football, hockey, definitive game, definitive scores, a winner and a loser. It is somewhat bothersome when the, uh, the very most elite of a particular sport, the greatest of competition is decided. Not necessarily by the competitors, but by judges. So I do, yeah. I do know what you're talking about. And I'm not saying they're all fixed, but it's been proven that there has been fixed Olympics before. Yeah. You know, and it well, was a it, Russian it, and a French judge conspiring. What a surprise, coach. Yeah, let's hope, let's hope we're not going to get any of that this year. But even if it's not fixed, even if it's not fixed, it's still judgment. And one person's judgment deciding on who the champion would be instead of like, you know, speed skating, which they showed last night, another very cool event which you get into once every four years, then you forget about it for four years. Speed skating, very cool, and it's decided definitively by the fastest time. But, but I don't see if this bothers you. One person can win, but they don't compete against each other. So, you know, the person in heat number three takes the gold medal against the person in heat number six who takes the silver medal. I want to see the fastest skaters up against each other, mano versus mano, or femalo versus femalo if it's the women's side. You know what I mean? And and have them compete against each other. Logistics make it impossible to do that. I understand. Yeah, so that's the only – it's really not their fault. There's really nothing they can do about that. Right. But the the – not only the disadvantage that you have over the fact that you don't get like that unbelievable matchup, you know, you do every once in a while that you do get the people actually going for the gold in the same, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the same heat. Uh, but and on another thing is kind of like we talked about, like that horse race. What if one guy gets matched up with uh, some yes. dude that learned from Jamaica that learned how to yep. skate like 18 months ago, and another guy yep. gets a silver medalist going up against them? You know, That's what exactly I mean? right. You know, mm-hmm. so that that could play a part in it too, coach. Mm-hmm. But I guess you know you're training. You got to know. You got to know the exact pace you're going because they have like times throughout the whole thing. So even mm-hmm. if they're not skating with somebody else, they should at least be able to keep the pace that they want. It'd just be more difficult because they wouldn't be able to draft and do mm-hmm. all that other stuff off the other guy. All right, men's final in the 500 meters speed skating on the docket for tonight. The uh, pairs figure skating gold medal, silver, bronze will be awarded. Snowboarding. Men's finals. I loved that events last year. I'm planning on watching that, the snowboard competition. And in that one, Big Dog, they compete against each other, right? It's like the top six guys racing down to the finish. Okay, yeah, you're talking about uh, snowboard cross, which is yes. basically, the, yeah, that's awesome. Yes. I love that snowboard because it's actual event. That, it's a race. That's on and then tonight. They, they also have the snowboard where you go down the half pipe and you get judged by, you know, the tricks you do. And eh. number one, there's a judging, so eh. it kind of turns me off. But I will say the best in the world always wins the gold of that because you, they do get it right because you watch those particular things. You're like Sean White's the best, and he always mm-hmm. wins the gold. So and I you guess. Got men's uh, downhill skiing tonight also should be should be a great night. We'll they talk should, more about it. Are, are they going to have a coach? Because you know they're, they're, it's raining right yes. now in Vancouver. Yep. Weather has been a problem. What was that? Like 48 degrees yesterday. It's unbelievable. Twelve but years they, planning they this, and they get the warmest weather they've had in recent years. That the downhill has been canceled. I'm almost positive. Really. Yes, because uh-huh. it's right now the top of the hill is fine, but the bottom of the hill is flush, and that's, somebody will get killed. That is not good because that's one more day of uh, parting for Bodie Miller. The reason the U.S. wanted to put the downhill skiing early in the games is so they could get Bodie Miller on the hill before he uh, enjoyed the Olympic Village too much. No, the men's downhill, which is the premier skiing event, yes. is always the lead off, and they always make it first. Do you okay. know why, Coach? To make sure if there's uh 
any type of weather deals, they're able to get the, the gotcha. premier event in, which is men's downhill. Gotcha. So that's why it always leads off. It's always there the first uh, event in the Olympics. He knows his stuff, folks. Big dog, Joe Rodwanski. We're going to take a quick break. Back for our final segment here. We're going to talk NBA All-Star Game and Daytona 500 when we come back. Phone lines are open if you want to join the dog and the coach. 888-463-6748. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Big dog joining us via our palatial estates. If you're checking us in via webcasting, you're wondering where the big dog is. He is not in studio, but he is checking in from the beautiful western suburb that is Aurora, Illinois. By the way, dog, during the break, two more listeners have joined our Twitter family. Stay Home Lamone and Viva Viagra are now members of our uh, somewhat dysfunctional Twitter family. Is it Lamone or Lamon? Stay Home Lamone, I believe it is. L-A-M-O-N-E. And please say hi to listener Viva Viagra. Uh, Hola, Viva Viagra, and please stay away. (laughs) Might be a female. You never know. Why not? Uh, they've benefited more from that than pretty much anybody. No question about it. One forty-nine, one forty-one to one thirty-nine. The final score. Changing subject very quickly before we head down another path, and we've headed down another uh, too many ulterior paths already today. NBA All Star game. Real quick, dog. You saw it. I did not. Final score: one forty-one, one thirty-nine. Uh, how was the defense that was played? Well. It- they were on pace to score 303 points after three quarters, mm-hmm. but only 53 points were scored in the in, in the fourth. They did play defense in the fourth quarter, especially the last like eight minutes or so, coach. When the game was not, when, and, when uh, the game was to be decided. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was a lot of fun going on. A very entertaining All Star game. I haven't watched too many of them, but I, you know, a bunch of people over yesterday, so that became the people decided to do that. So uh, we uh, we watched it. A lot of great dunks, definitely. There was at least eight dunks that were worth rewinding and watching again in the game. Uh-huh. And it was funny, the night before in the dunk contest, there wasn't any dunks that were worth rewinding and watching during the dunk contest. Yeah, I so. did not see it. My uh, 13-year-old, 14-year-old son, uh, David, big basketball fan, was uh, eminently disappointed with the dunk contest. And apparently the announcers were too. Charles Barkley was like dissing the slam dunkers, saying this is terrible. It was horrible. It, yeah, the, the Barkley was really good. Uh, and but you know what, Kenny Smith did a good job of reminding people. They're like, hey, 
there's duds every once in a while. They're like, we had a dud like eight years ago, and people were like, we should quit the dunk contest. And next thing you know, you know, it, it, it was alive again. So it, it happens every once in a while, Coach. They didn't have the right people. Nate Robinson's stuff was getting old. Mm-hmm. Gerald Wallace, to be quite honest with you, was a really, really, really good basketball player. He's an average NBA dunker who should not have been in the thing. And uh, Shannon Brown just messed up. He, he, he's a much better dunker than what he showed in the dunk contest. It was mm-hmm. too bad. And uh, DeMario DeRozan, mm-hmm. who I never heard of, actually, <laughs> to, to be quite honest with you, could have done more. His One of his dunks were spectacular, Coach, but mm-hmm. the rest of them were just, huh, whatever. Nate Robinson takes it home again. What, third time he's won, and Nate Robinson standing at five feet Nine inches tall, big dog. Do I got that right? That's what they listed that coach five nine, wow. and he's retired, and he will never be in the dunk contest again. And it's a good idea because he's grown tiresome. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> East knocked off the West one forty one to one thirty nine. Uh, the day before, he had the skills challenge minus our guy Derek Rose. Stevie Nash won that event, I believe, and yeah, three point did. three point shooting was won by Paul Pierce. So the the veterans did well on the day before uh, skills competition. Yeah, Paul Pierce got lucky. He he snuck in there. Stephen Curry should have won it, Coach. He, uh, nah, whatever. That was disappointing. It was just a disappointing skills weekend mm-hmm. overall. Three-point contest went to Paul Pierce, the Celtic, and the dunk contest was boring. Not a, not a great skills competition. One that the NBA definitely uh, is not going to, like, uh, there's not one of the weekends that they're going to be mm-hmm. called broadcasting or promoting, except for the fact that 108,700 people went to the All-Star game. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, and again, I didn't see any of it. What was, uh, as a viewer on TV, how weird was it watching a stadium that full, not for Ohio State football, but for a NBA basketball game, in this case, the All-Star game? Could you tell as a viewer? You know what? It, it, it reminded me I'm not talking. I'm not uh, the imagery. I'm not talking about. I'm just talking about the people. It reminded me of back in the old when the Hitler used to bring in like 150,000 people into the amphitheater and he used to talk to them. They just sit there and look. It was 110,000 people sitting on their hands, just staring at the court and the television. Nobody was standing up. Nobody was excited. It, it, trust me, coach. You would not confuse that 108,000 with an Ohio State uh, crowd or a Tennessee crowd. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I've never seen 108,000 drones before in my life until I saw that last night. It was cracking me up. If you weren't, people sitting right next to the court were having a blast. They would pan back and people, uh-huh. they looked like they were five miles away from the event. Did so, they have like one of the, um, sideline reporters go up, way up, way up and interview like one of the, view, one of the, um, yeah, paid, they were. paid they were. fans? They were. Yeah. They, it's funny. They did have people up there. They did have people walking on. They had Craig Sager <laughs> with his electric tie around the, the <laughs> And I, but I can imagine looking down on that. It's like you you almost lose the effect of being there. You're like a spectator. You might as well be watching TV at home. No, no, they, yeah, exactly. Legit. They were everybody was watching the television screen instead mm-hmm. of the court. So I'm like, why don't you just stay at home? Does he just spend two hundred and fifty dollars to uh, watch a gigantic television screen? I mean, <laughs> I can understand you want to go to a game that costs you like forty bucks uh-huh. and you get the experience. But those people are spending two hundred and fifty bucks each, coach. American Airlines Center in Dallas. Is that where the Mavericks are going to be playing their regular game? I'm just told the Jerry Jones built the stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the American Airlines Center is where they had. That's where the, the Mavericks play. Okay. And that's where they had like the dunk contest on Saturday. And all oh. That. Sunday is where they had the Cowboy facility. The okay. Cowboy, the Cowboy Stadium, where the where they play football is what, what they had oh, at the okay. All Star game. At. So the game was held at Cowboy Stadium. Yes, 
and gotcha. the and the the dunk contest, all that stuff, is where the Mavericks play. Gotcha. Which is really close to it, though. Gotcha. All right. If uh, any of our listeners out there watched any of the NBA festivities, want to comment on anything they saw, the good, the bad, the ugly, or anything in between. By the way, speaking of the ugly, I just saw a replay of Jalen Rose coming out wearing an all-red outfit for some uh, ceremony during the All-Star game? That was the NBA draft from 15 years ago, Coach. Oh, (laughs) is that what it was? 15 years ago. I believe that was the 94 draft that Jalen Rose came out. It definitely wasn't the good or the bad. I'll let you figure out which one of the three it was. (laughs) Goodness. And the one thing we didn't uh, mention, again, listeners, you want to comment on that, 888-463-6748. We got any NBA All-Star Weekend fans, 888-463-6748. You can always email our show, folks, at Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C in the number two. Uh, but the rookies, in an upset, second time ever, I think, second time ever, the rookies beat the sophomores 140-128. to 128. Joe, I knew you were both shocked and dismayed. Well, Derrick Rose didn't me. play in that particular game, and uh, Dewan Blair, who's six foot four but has the wingspan of a seven foot nine dude, mm-hmm. was absolutely dominated in that game. So uh, yeah. it went twenty twenty in a, the fresh soft game. Coach mm-hmm. throwing rebounds off the backboard and dunking. It was pretty funny. Dewan Blair also has a bigger backside than Queen Latifah. I mean, you talk about a space eater down in the post. Yeah, six wow. four, three hundred wingspan, somebody over seven foot, yeah. and. Uh, and the guy doesn't have ACLs in either one of his knees. <laughs> There's no joke. I mean, the guy, he's just, everything about the guy just doesn't add up. Except his, ex- well, the only thing that adds up, face. the only thing that adds up is his points and rebounds. This is so, true. This is true. Those are usually pretty good. All right. Uh, Daytona 500, real quick. As we went down to the final minutes of our uh, FindTalkZone.com President's Day show, by the way. Um, happy President's Day to everybody out there. Daytona 500, Big Dog. I don't know if you watched it or not, but the uh, I, Jamie, I tried to. Jamie McMurray, the winner. Help me out. Who's Jamie McMurray? Uh, Jamie McMurray is a guy that was actually a, mm. uh, what do you call it, an Indy racer about 10 years ago. Switched over to NASCAR. It's the first time he ever won the Daytona. Mm-hmm. Uh, he usually finishes in the – he has finished in the chase before, but he has never uh, never won it. Uh, Coach, I watched it, and I'm going to tell you the straight up. Now, listen to the whole statement I'm about to say to you. That was some of the best racing I've ever seen. Here's the episode of the whole thing. The only problem was they were fixing the track half the thing. There was they were hardly ever racing in that. Unbelievable! The track was getting torn up. They had to keep. There was over two hours worth of delays for them fixing the track during the race. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was brutal. But when they were actually out there, they've increased the horsepower of the cars this year. The restrictor plates that they put on during restrictor plate races are a lot bigger, and there's more horsepower in general. And they've also uh, added a spoiler to the car, so there's more down push on it. So there's a lot better handling. So basically, these are supercars that they're driving right now. Mm-hmm. And they're also a lot safer. They're safer than they were last year. They've widened the cars and made them a little bit taller, which would slow them down. But there's, the cars have so much more powerful engine that it's making it a big difference. So now, legitimately, these are the fastest, safest, uh, most powerful cars ever driven in mm-hmm. NASCAR nice. that they have going out there right now. So, and you can tell, Coach. Those things were going from like 120 to 180 miles an hour, like in a second. That's a pretty good, pretty good advertisement for NASCAR, right there. You may have to become a uh, spokesman for NASCAR. That was well done, Big Dog. And let me ask you this now, uh, and it did sound like an exciting event, besides the potholes and the road repairs they had to do in the middle of the race. But paint the picture at the end of the race, Dale Earnhardt Jr. apparently just flying. 
the last six, seven, and eight lap, passing up cars, making a great finish, but he could not catch McMurray. Did you see the end? Paint a picture. How cool was the late Dale run? No, it, uh, Coach, this is really going to disappoint you. I had watched the whole entire uh. race, and because I kept on having the so tape the stuff in front of it and say tape the next thing and tape the next thing. Well, one of my boys came down and was like, hey, let's watch it in the Hawks oh. game. Watch it in the Hawks game. Oh. And I'm like, hey, we'll just watch it on tape. Well, we watched the last the last couple that kept on being uh, accidents. So pushed back, we ended up missing the last lap. Oh. Kevin Harvick got robbed, though, because Kevin Harvick did so the you... most amazing driving. Kevin Harvick went from 10th to 1st on the third to last lap of the race. Wove in and out of people, took a slingshot around uh, – uh, around Brian Vickers, got the lead, and then there was an accident behind him. And then every time on a restart, coach, you get passed mm-hmm. in the new cars. Oh, if you're man. in first place on a restart, you just basically just, just wave to everybody as they pass you. You don't have a chance. So, and that's what happened. Kevin Carvet made the perfect pass then in the third to last lap. So there's two laps left, and basically he was in first place with a caution, and he basically knew it was done. Uh, he had to finish in the seventh place, coach. I'm still trying to sympathize with you, not only losing your heat over the weekend, but you had the big race taped. You watched everything, including all the delays and everything, and well, then they get down to the – Huh? Yeah. I was fast-forwarding through those. But but then you get down to the final couple laps, the final lap, boom, tape runs out? Yeah. Oh. I, I Coach, I wow. ended up taping – Three extra hours after the Daytona, in uh-huh. order to make sure I got everything. And oh. So I, I needed, I needed a minute and thirty seconds more. Rough weekend, folks. A rough weekend for the big dog. If there's any female oh. listeners out there that would like to uh, make up for lost weekend for the big dog, you can email us at mike two guys at aol dot com. He is a dog looking for a little bit of love. Rough weekend, huh, Coach? Oh, you didn't happen to mention that yesterday while I'm dealing with this freaking. Furnace. I was like, you know what? I made all my phone calls. I'm going to sit down and watch Illinois play Ohio State oh for the Big Ten Championship lead. And Illinois oh has the worst home loss yeah. in 35 years. You talk about laying an egg. That They came out flattered in the Queen of Hearts. That was brutal. Bad. Oh, my goodness. Ohio State, very, very good. Illinois, very, very bad. But, but our, I know your second favorite team, Northwestern, won a huge game with the Purple Crazies going nuts at Walsh Ryan Arena. Uh, keeping those those uh, slim NCAA tournament hopes alive, Coach. All right. So it was good to see the Wildcats get a W. Big Dog, we're going to get you back on Thursday. I know Brian Bauer, Double B, will be in studio on Tuesday and Wednesday. A happy President's Day to everybody out there. Catch the Olympics tonight. and I don't know why, but I'm picturing like the combination of Presidents and the Olympics. As we wind up the show, Big Dog, if you could... Match up some of our presidents with some of our Olympic events in the winter time. I'm oh, trying to well, picture. I, I think fig, figure skating. There would be only one president. It would have to be John F. Kennedy, right? Right, because it's like pristine. Well, yeah, he's the most, the pretty of the prettiest of the bunch. Uh, that does make a lot of sense. I think the luge. You might want to go like the tall, sleek, like a Woodrow Wilson doing the luge. Why, why Woodrow Wilson in the in the loose coach? Well, you know, tall, long. I just picture him lying down, not taking up too much space. I'm picturing Woodrow Wilson in the loose. Work with me here, will you? Okay, I see. I see Taft uh, curling. Taft. That's about the only event he could do. Yeah, without a doubt, he would definitely be a curler. Downhill skiing. I could picture a, a red-nosed, red-cheeked uh, William Rod, uh, William Rodham Clinton. Hold on, hold on a second. Do you remember the Carter administration? I think that would he would be the downhill coach. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> because of his administration, huh? <laughs> That's nice. And, to uh, without a, 
the, the ice dancing has to be George Bush because there's something corrupt going on backstage that you just that's, don't know about. You're like, why are we doing any of this? It's a good so call. That's gotta be good call. Ice dancing, George Bush. How about men's hockey team? We go with a, a Teddy Roosevelt. He'd be good in the corners, a grinder, if you will, a rough rider. Yeah, I, I can understand that. The, the monopolies wouldn't be very happy with him. So, <laughs> all right. And well, he, yeah, he was the trust buster, and they brought up the he beat the, the they beat the USSR uh, <laughs> monopoly over hockey. <laughs> all right, don't pass go and don't collect two hundred dollars. Big dog, have a great day out there, everybody. If we thank you for listening, two guys and a mic will be back. Aunt you on Monday. David Olson, our producer, made a special trip in studio today to get our show on air. We much appreciate that. Have a great President's Day, everybody. Back Aunt you on Tuesday for more fun to come with Double B in the house. See you then.